All right, happy Friday as we get ready after, an, I don't know, I mean, it was an interesting game. I really thought that the Giants were going to get eliminated, not eliminated, um, get demolished. I thought, you know, that looked like a game where it could be 28 nothing at the first half. And sure enough, Giants actually made us, gave us something enjoyable to watch. Let's talk about that. Is tonight we're going to go over, not tonight, today's podcast, I'll cover all the games. All but one. I'm not going to cover mine. If I was playing someone who cared, uh, I might actually cover that one. Um, I'm playing Elijah. I'll just have one statement about my game. But Elijah doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm not really going to push that much for that one. But the other five games I will cover. First, let's hit up. We'll also talk about waiver wire pickups. A few funny ones. Not necessarily funny, but just interesting ones that were picked up. Uh, rules for the IR s- slot. A couple people, looks like they don't realize or they didn't remember. Not everyone was here as well at the draft party when we kind of covered that. So we'll get to that. We also have uh, – we'll talk about our team of the week, which will be Brian, who's 3-2 and two right now. We'll cover his team and uh, what the strong points, what are his weak points, if any. He doesn't really have any weak points, but we'll cover Brian's team. So first, let's kick it off right now talking about the Thursday night football game. Patriots defense, as we saw in the group text, was amazing as usual. Um I thought, I mean, you knew it when they blo- the punt wasn't necessarily even blocked. They ended up kicking it in the back of their own player's head or shoulder, whatever it was. But it doesn't matter. Another defensive touchdown for the Patriots. It seems like week after week, and then they had the other one defense when uh, Jamie Collins forced the fumble and the the Patriots ran it back in for the touchdown. So as Brian said, we did cover that in our quarter season awards. Uh, they've been the waiver wire pickup of the year. I'm not going to give the MVP to a team just because the scoring is so outrageous and the Patriots just have an incredible schedule. And the fact that they are, they really are a good defense. They usually have been the uh, for many years in Belichick's career. I mean, he was a defensive coordinator for Bill Parcells for crying out loud. So he knows how to do defense, but they it was either two years ago where their defense was not as good, you know they were kind of a good scheme. He would he, he's really good at taking away your top option, but overall they were not this dominant. Now you take in the fact that they have improved, their defense is really good, and they have an incredible schedule. They will continue to really push Jacob near the one eighty to two hundred points per game. They were awesome tonight, breaking what did they get tonight? I think forty nine points was it? It might have been that much. Either way, great game for the Patriots tonight. Tom Brady, you know, he looked like at first they, he with the interception, uh, they weren't moving the ball too well. You thought it might be a bad night for him, even though it was a bad defense. It could just be one of those crazy Thursday night games. But he ended up with 30 points for Dino Dan. Two rushing touchdowns. Of all the people, I would have thought Daniel Jones might have got it. Or anyone of all the quarterbacks, I would have Brady in the top quarter of the league for two rushing touchdowns. But good game for Tom Brady. 30 points. Uh, we'll, we'll cover more of that when we talk about Dino Dan's game. Julian Edelman, great play. Uh, I know Jose last week. Jose did not play him, and Edelman, I thought, broke 30 points. Jose still did have the win, so it didn't hurt him. Those are one of those plays where you got a guy in the bench and you can laugh it off afterwards if you get the victory and it doesn't come back to haunt you. But nine catches, 113 yards. Great game for Edelman. As you see, there was some fear in the fantasy world with Antonio Brown when he came to New England because you said, you know who's really going to be affected? Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, and James White. So as much as I did not like 
Antonio Brown. The main reason I didn't like him in New England is just I didn't like the way it went down with Oakland. I didn't think it was cool that he should be rewarded to go to probably the best team in football after he just left a team, you know, because he screwed up and did some boneheaded plays or moves. It'd be different if, if he had just got traded there or he was a free agent and signed there. There's nothing you can do about a situation like that. But when it came to this, it was very frustrating to see him there. And then it hurt them. It hurt It hurt New England's uh, other players on the team. You know, like I said, once he left, that jumped uh, White and Edelman's stock back up. And you've seen it. Two games in a row, Julian Edelman, 25 points or more. Excellent game for him. Golden Tate, he had a very solid game for Austin. We did see Austin put a text saying, welcome back, Golden Tate. That was a great catch. Almost dropped it with the bobble, but excellent touchdown afterwards. 27 points, 102 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, welcome back. And that was, if you look at Austin's guys, he has a few on a bye week. And so he really had no choice but to play him. But I was a little shocked. I didn't think he would play him. I didn't look at the the team games. I didn't see his roster till later. And I said, oh, he did play Golden Tate. So excellent move. That's one where, you know, it is kind of risky. You got to have some courage to do that move. I don't know if I would have against. Now, you do take an effect that the Giants, all their other weapons are gone. So he's got to throw it to someone. But I honestly didn't think the Patriots would give Daniel Jones enough time to make big plays. I thought Tate might go out with maybe 12 points, 15 points at best. And that's still good. You know, when you got Austin's tal- uh, caliber um, or his the, his the talent that Austin has, he can afford to have someone like Golden Tate go out and have a 15-point game. But no, 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 no. Austin has to get greedy and get a 27-point game as if his team wasn't dangerous enough. But great game by Golden Tate. Uh, Josh Gordon for Matt got hurt. Very disappointing. I you, We hate injuries. But you really hate it when it comes to uh, so early in a game. If he got hurt late and he just didn't perform well, you can live with that. But when you you sit there and have to wonder what if, because maybe some of those would have went to Edelman. So, you know, that kind of sucks for him. But tough break. He, he, when we saw it, I I was hoping it wasn't any kind of tear. You know, you're hoping, okay, the foot kind of gave way at the end. Maybe that'll save him from any tears. He was on the bike on the sidelines at halftime with the teammates, so he, he was walking. Once he walked on his own power, it was a lot uh, better situation as opposed to when the cart comes out. When the cart comes out, unless you're Cooper Cup or Matt Breida, you're pretty much done when the cart comes out, and that's reference to last season. Both those guys had the cart come out, and they came back uh, not too long afterwards, if not even in the same game. I can't remember if, if he came back the same game. And then Sony Michelle, 12 points. Uh, he had 80-plus yards. Not bad. I, I would have expected more. See, the whole game, when you look at the game, I thought it was going to be a lot of running. I heard the water, the weather was going to be terrible, like rain and all this other stuff. And it was like, you're not going to be able to throw in it. And I was like, and this was a perfect game where I said, this is one where Sony Michelle will bust 100, maybe get a touchdown. And uh, it didn't happen. Did not happen. He still did have a good game, but they kind of spread the ball. Bolden had the touchdown. And that was disappointing. Who was it? Who was it who had the touchdown? Did Sony Michelle almost get the touchdown? Someone almost had the touchdown and got it at the one. Oh, that was James White. James White almost had the touchdown. Then it got taken away. And then you knew Tom Brady was going to go dive in. You hate that when that's your guy. Whoever owns James White. I thought I had it on here. Might have been, was it Steve? It could have been Steve. No, not Steve. We'll go through it with the matchups. But that's tough when you see that. And then it gets taken off the board and get into your, you know, seeing someone else guys celebrate because of a stinking instant replay so those are the highlights of tonight's game let's move on to the next subject i I got a lot to talk about and we got an hour to do it all right let's hit up the waiver wire grabs that came in oh yeah and by the way i would have usually i would have covered those on uh yesterday morning show but 
I was so beat. I mean, I was I was completely exhausted. It was 10 o'clock and I was already passing out. Uh, spent time with uh, Cindy. We watched one of our favorite shows that we watch every night. We have them on DVD. I don't know if any of you have ever seen The, Me- the Mentalist. Highly recommend it. We love that show. I love the, the character Patrick Jane. Anyways, we've seen it before. It was all on TV and we have it on uh, DVD. So we just started rewatching it and we're on season four right now. But So we watch that every night and so I usually do this afterwards. Well, I, after one episode, I was exhausted and I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't watch an episode. I can't do the podcast. I was physically done. So that's why I got a lot to talk about tonight. Get it all done. So let's get through it. So anyways, the waiver wire. I'm going to start it with Austin. And I love the fact that he grabbed, of all guys, for him to grab is Gerald Everett, the guy that cost him the division last year, the guy that cost him a first-round buy. Austin did win anyways. Either way, we would have met up in the second round, which we did. But he would have at least had the first-round buy and the division title. So Gerald Everett cost him that. Everett has played great. Excellent move as, as he has Olsen, who has had, a couple really good games and then some stinkers. So grabbing Everett is a, a, a nice move to either put on your bench and see is it just a few game mirage with Everett or is this something that's here to stay? And now Austin might have got a heck of himself a tight end as Everett was predicted when he first got drafted three years ago to be maybe the next Jordan Reed because, you know, he was coaching the Redskins there with Jordan Reed and everyone saw how good he was. He was a top three tight end. So I did think that was funny. And then of all defenses for Austin to pick up, a Cowboys fan grabbing a Redskins defense, that was uh, – only Austin would do something like that. Um, but, yeah, he picked them up. Redskins play the Dolphins, and we know everyone who plays the Dolphins usually has uh, season highs in points. But we'll re- that remains to be seen. We'll see if the Redskins actually do that. I might actually pick the Dolphins. I just can't see the Dolphins, even though they're tanking, going 0-16. This is a very winnable game in Miami. I've told you, as anyone who's watched football, you know teams will struggle. In when you go from somewhere like the East Coast, northern East Coast, like Washington, D.C., and it's not too cold down. There's no snow or nothing, but still. And then you go down to that hot, humid stadium in Miami. You see a difference in gameplay. So... I'm not going to say that the Redskins are going to go in there and dominate. I would not be shocked if Rosen has a solid game and the Dolphins actually come away with a win. But that is what he picked it up, so I thought that was interesting. I had the number one waiver wire, and yes, I did burn it. I had been saving it you know, for someone for like a, the next Jay Ajayi to pop up out of nowhere. Uh, so that, that hasn't happened yet. Will Fuller, like I said, one of my favorite receivers. I just had all season he's been a free agent. I just I, when you got the, I already had six receivers. I had no room for him, and he hadn't been doing much. You know, he had a couple okay games. He did miss some touchdowns. Deshaun Watson overthrew him in a few games, but after that game last week, and then I looked at the next three games again with the the Chiefs, the Colts, and I believe the Raiders. They're they're, they're good. He's going to be used in those. I assume he's going to be used in those. So it was to me worth it. One of my favorite players, and he's due to continue to break out. He won't have a game like that again, 63 points. He will not do that again, but if he gets anywhere from 15 to 20, I'll be happy. So I used it on Will Fuller. Christian grabbed the Cowboys, very smartly so. That was one of the teams I was eyeballing as well. I'm sure a few of us were, um, but my first choice was Will Fuller. But Christian got the Cowboys, who will play the Jets. We'll see if the Cowboys do as well. Now that the rumor is Aaron Donald should be back, so I expect more from the Jets. That's the only thorn in the side of that strategy. But even when um, Aaron Donald or Sam Darnold was there, we seen some other defenses. Week one, the Bills uh, score a lot of points. A lot of uh, found a way to win. 
So And the Jets couldn't move the ball too well. Now, I know that was the Bills' defense, but still the Cowboys' defense is nothing to shake a stick at. They have some solid players. Jacob, smartly so, grabbed uh, Chase Edmonds because the big story right now is David Johnson is hurt with the back problems. And even if Chase Edmonds doesn't play, it's still a good move by Jacobs because he can just hold on to him and keep someone else from getting a running back who's going against the Falcons and could have a potential 100-yard game. And he was used pretty, pretty much a lot last week against the Bengals. Had a really big run, 30-plus yard touchdown run. So he's a very quick guy. Uh, I like the move. I thought that was a good move for Jacob to get that. What's it hurt him? You know, nothing. And it keeps anyone else from grabbing him, trying to play him as well. Dino Dan, love this this pickup. Uh, Jamison Crowder, if you look at the stats, Crowder's been garbage. But his best game of the season was week one with Sam Darnold. And like we said, the rumor is Darnold will be back. And what he loves to do is get the guy who's almost like a Julian Edelman. And that's what Crowder can be in that offense. 14 receptions that week one game. So I did like that grab by Dino Dan. Good strategy. We'll see if it actually pans out. If it gets anywhere to what it was. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets another 9 to 10 catches. He also picked up Chris Herndon, the tight end. And what's he do? Chris Herndon, I've been hearing on fantasy shows, get him and stash him. Get him and stash him. He's coming back. Well, he comes back, and then the guy gets hurt, hurts his hamstring running, and it's like, was he not working out all this time? Was he not staying in shape? I know there's football shape, but still, you got you got to have your body loose, ready to go. Very disappointing. He's someone he still might hold on to, but he can miss the next few weeks. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. And he also grabbed Antonio Brown, which at first I was like, I had to rush and see, did he get signed? Am I missing something? He did not get signed yet. And who knows if a team will sign him until this whole drama in the courtroom gets taken care of. But in the meantime, what's it hurt? If he signs, Dino Dan's got someone who he's got an elite wide receiver. So doesn't hurt. I thought that was a good move. If you got the roster space and you're looking for a, a, a home run hitter, that was a very good move for Dino Dan. Matt, Philip Rivers, he dropped him. You know, you got to give it to Matt. He doesn't want Rivers anymore. Rivers had three 20-plus point games, but he did look terrible. But that was the Broncos D. You know, it was a tough game. And it's not like Phillip Rivers has a home game. I mean, he every state, every time they play, it feels like if they make a mistake, it's louder than when they score a touchdown in L.A. But he got Gardner Minshew. Excellent pickup. The, I heard a stat about Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, Patrick Mahomes, and... At least in stand in uh, I with our bonus it might throw it off some, but either way, Gardner Minshew, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes are the only three quarterbacks a year that have had 16 points or more every game. Never had less than 16 points, so that's pretty good company to keep with. You know, you got two rookies and Patrick Mahomes. So at least if you throw a guy out there like that, you can feel confident he's not going to go out there and have a five point game or just a terrible point game right there. So interesting move for Matt, and then Brian. Oh, man, I, I regretted this. I wanted to go back, and I was actually thinking of picking him up the next morning. Uh, Terry McLaurin, the Washington Redskins receiver, he's got so much talent. The whole deal is, I you know, picking up Will Flora, I had to lose someone. I wanted to keep Hollywood Brown still, even though I knew McLaurin uh, had better potential, especially this week against the Dolphins. He is a good play against Miami. Whether Brian uses him or not, that's besides the point. The point is he has someone that he might be able to keep under contract next year, especially if they get the quarterback situation fixed when Hoskins finally gets this role and actually gets up to speed, NFL speed. They were college teammates, so they can trust each other. But excellent pickup by Brian. So those are all the interesting waiver wire grabs. I do have something to talk about now with the IR spot. 
some people in our league they don't they don't know it or they don't remember. The reason we have three IR spots, the injured reserve slots, is because we have so many guys on contracts that it is too hard to stash a guy who, if you suffer two injuries or three injuries, if you're like Christian when he had Tyree Kill and then Melvin Gordon out, that's two guys who are under contract. I usually we ran just one IR spot. It, we bumped it up to three with the contracts we're trying to improve. Now, the rule for the IR spot is you can have one of anyone, like my team. I have Bryce Love in there. I picked up Bryce Love. I plan on stashing him until he plays. Even if he doesn't play all year, I'm keeping the guy. I believe he's got talent. But I have Bryce Love. He's on under contract. Saquon Barkley can take up one of the other two existing IR spots because I have him under contract. Jacob, he had it where he had uh, Darius Geis on the IR. Even if he's out for just a week, with the, as long as you get the O symbol on him, you can put him in the IR slot. Well, Darius Geis is an IR. He put him in there. Now the other two slots are only for contract guys. You can use all three for contract guys, but you cannot use all three for non-contract guys. So when Jacob had uh, Hunter, Hen- Hunter Henry hurt, he has him under a two-year contract, so he can put him there. Several, some of the guys are, you guys have guys who are, nobody's on contract. You got two in. You can keep one guy in. Um, So if you have one guy that's not on a contract, you can put him in the IR slot. Anyone else has to be on your roster. So if you got two or more, you got to kick one of those out. Even if it means dropping them or drop another player, if you want to keep that guy in IR and stash him. But we can't have, yeah, because then it's too much. I did, that would be, now we're stashing a bunch of guys on IR who aren't even IR. They might just be out a few weeks. And you're stashing them and then picking up other guys, and yet the guy's not under contract. So that's what the, that's why the only reason there is for contract guys. So just to clear that up, I'll give it another few more weeks. But if I continue to see that, I'll have to, I'll just text you privately and say, hey, you got to clear it up. Um, hopefully you listen to the podcast. Maybe you didn't. That's why if you do listen to the podcast and you happen to notice it, go ahead and mention it to anybody. If you know them personally, you talk to them. If not, yeah, I'll just send out a text and uh, within the next two weeks because we want to make sure it's even and it's fair and it sucks to have to lose guys. But like when I had Devin, Devin Singletary, he's been out for since week two with the hamstring thing. I would love to put him in my R spot. Then I could have kept guys like Terry McCullen, uh, McLaurin. I wouldn't have to drop him, but that's that would be cheating. Only because I know the rules. I know some people weren't here for the draft, and they might have missed that. So just clearing it up right there. So that is all it for the IR slot. So before we get to our games of the week, we are going to cover Brian's team. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on on it. We will talk about uh, Brian's team. Right now, he has a record of 3-2, and and two of his losses were some of the toughest losses. Let's hit up Brian's schedule real quick. Let's get to that. I have to go scan over this. Hold on. Excuse me. All right, so week one, he wins 178 to 149. So impressive, oh, for, uh, almost, what is that? Almost 30-point win. Big win over uh, Matt Rotherham. Matt put up almost 150. That was a very good game for both teams, but you saw how you know it takes sometimes almost 170, 180 to get a win. The following week, he beat Steve's team 164 to 138. Another big win. 138 is a solid, respectable score. Week three, he won, he won 180, his highest of the season, against 115 for Eric. So he starts out 3-0, looking good. Most importantly, I would rather win my first three games than my next three games. I know we're fighting for the wild card with all these other guys, but there's no tiebreakers. We, we stopped doing that uh, years ago because sometimes it's unfair. You can catch, like let's say uh, 
Eric plays Dino Dan week six, and he's got two guys on a bye, and you could say, oh, well, it's his fault for drafting him. Well, what if two of his guys are also hurt? It would be unfair then to say, well, I beat you week six, so I get the tiebreaker. We got rid of the head. The only time the head-to-head matters is in division play because we play each other twice. At the beginning of the year where there's no buys and at the end of the year where there's hardly any buys. I don't believe there's any buys from week 13, 14, 15. All the buys are up to week 12. So we have buys uh, before and after. So those are the games where it's straight up. Uh, that At least we don't have to worry about the buys. The buys and injuries can really kill in the midseason. So those games aren't as important. You want to get wins always, but they're not as important. So Brian then goes on, 3-0 division play. That's good. He's taken down his division opponents. He's 3-0, comes out of the gates rolling, and then he takes on rolling with Mahomes. Scores 130, like I said. You know, not bad. He lost or he beat Steve 164 to 138. 130's not a bad score. But would it have mattered? He could have scored 180. He lost to Austin, who put 207 on him. So those are one of those losses where you can actually take it. All right, my week did my team didn't have the best week. I'd rather the guy score 200, get it over with. The following week, he scores 168. That's more than he did week two when he won. And he loses to Nick, who scores not 207. No, no, no. He has to up it up to 208. So Brian's only two losses, even though he did score 130. He could have lost to over half the league that week in week four. Week five, he would have beat just about anyone other than three teams. Three teams scored 200 that week. So almost four. So Brian was in the upper echelon of the league that week. And he still came up with a loss. So, And now this week. We'll cover more. I'm not going to get into this week. I'm saving that for the weekly matchups. But that, those, those are some tough breaks to sit there and just go, oh, he's 3-2. and two. You know, what's so great? Well, let's cover his team and why he's so great. First quarterback, I don't love his quarterback. Um, I like Wentz. I think as the season goes on, he's going to get more involved because the, the defensive matchups that come up are going to be, and just the team matchups, tougher in general, which means they're going to have to throw more and they're going to have to score more. And the defenses they play against get a lot harder. So right now, the Wentz is the 11th ranked quarterback in the league, and he's putting up 22 points a game. My quarterback puts up 22 points a game. I'm happy. I'm happy. You don't. You don't. Brian's team is not one that needs to rely on a quarterback that can go out and get 40. He needs 40 points a game. He's not going. Oh man, I need Wentz to get 38 to win this. You know, he doesn't need to with his team. We we just talked about. He, I believe he's fourth in the league in scoring. So out of 12 teams, four, he's in the top quarter of the league. He doesn't need to rely on heavy play from his quarterback, although it's nice. It helps, especially when you're going against uh, Jacob this week. But Wentz, ranked 11, 22 points a game. He's still a QB1. When there's 12 teams in our league, you, you, odds are, unless someone else has a couple top 10 quarterbacks, you, you want to at least have a QB1, which is a top 12. So he does have that. Running backs, very strong. I would not say elite. I think Mark Ingram is great, not elite, not in the you know top five level, but he is very strong. He's ranked seven in the league right now with 19 points per game. Uh, he's had a couple of really solid games, even if it's beating up on weak opponents. I like Ingram. You know, he's the kind of guy that I would look at Brian Seaman and say, "What could I offer to trade for?" And Ingram would one I would say, "I, I want to get that guy." What, what does Brian need really bad and try to make a move for him? Because Ingram's in a, a, a really good running back. He's ranked seventh, like we said, but he's in a very run-happy team. We saw that game against City. We saw the game against Miami. Baltimore will really uh, force the run if they have to between. And Lamar Jackson running only helps Ingram even more. His second running back, he does have some good ones on the bench. He's got good running back depth, but he does not have a one-two punch like some of the other teams in the league who we, we know, 
Jacob's team, uh, Austin's team. There's other, some other teams that have really good one-two. Sa- Miles Sanders. I like Sanders on a personal level just from college. Uh, I thought he did well at Penn State. He Right now he's getting 11 points per game. But he was more of a, as the season goes on, the role is going to shift in his favor. We're still waiting for that. He's still running back kicks. Usually when you're a starting top elite running back or even the main guy, you're not returning kicks because you're too risky to lose. Jordan Howard is splitting time with him, so that hurts. But Sanders is a very good running back, a good receiving back, puts up 11 points per game. And on a team that scores this much, when we go through the rest of his talent, you'll see why you don't need to have two guys putting up 20 points per game. Not many teams can do that. And this is why he has a good running back with Ingram and a okay running back with Miles Sanders because he uses picks and contracts on wide receivers. Michael Thomas, last year was the top receiver in football, fantasy football. This year he's ranked number three. Even without Drew Brees, we thought he would drop drastically, but he did not. Right now he is ranked third with 25 points per game. Michael Gallup, he shifted. We'll cover who is on his bench. We know at the start of the season it was Odell Beckham Jr. We'll get into him in a little bit. But right now, Michael Gallup is who he's starting this week. If Gallup continues to put up numbers like he has, he's only ranked 32nd, but that's because he's had multiple injuries. He's, or not multiple. He's had an injury missing multiple games. He's averaging 22 points per game. We saw that when he's in, he's done excellent with the deep ball, but he can still get several catches like a, a, a possession receiver. So... Good, very, very above average wide receivers and one of the best, the elite receiver with Michael Thomas. And when Odell Beckham Jr. can get some help at quarterback, who would have thought that Baker Mayfield would be a step down from Eli Manning? So I can't believe that's going to be like this. Either an offensive coaching change will happen and it'll improve or Baker and Odell will just start clicking and he will start hitting Odell when he's in stride and you will see the same Odell Beckham. Beckham hasn't changed. So that that tells you that he's still the same guy. So I think he has an elite receiving core. But as of right now with Gallup, we need to see more more from him to prove that he is. Tight end, Kelsey right now has not had the best season that he has in the past. He's ranked four for tight ends. That's good. But Kelsey's usually one or two. Um, But it still is only a quarter through the season, you know, a little bit way through the season. But Kelsey, ranked four, 16 points per game. You'll take that at your tight end slot. Only one time, though, is he broke 20. That's usually Kelsey's bread and butter. He'll get 27 points, get 24 points. And Brian rode that last year to the top record in the league. And this year it hasn't happened that much with Kelsey. So that might count for one of his losses. You know, if Kelsey had a better game, he didn't have a great game that week last week. I think he might have had 14 to 16. But if he could have had a 28-point game, who knows? He still would have lost because Austin put up so much. And Odell Beckham did nothing to actually help him that night. But still, Kelsey, an elite tight end, yes. Still, if I'm picking the drafting right now, if I'm drafting, I'm still taking Kelsey number one overall. Overall, the other tight ends, regardless who's putting up a better score. Defense, Vikings, number seven, 21 points per game. I'll take it. That's all I've ever wanted for my defense is average anywhere from 18 to 20 points or more. He's got 21 points per game. We know he's got at least eight games at home, which is awesome because they are a great home team. And uh, they've only scored the lowest out point outage they put this year is 11 points and that was on the road and then they've had two times 30 plus points so heck yeah sign me up for the vikings very good as well as bobby wagner bobby wagner is ranked 13th in all linebackers but he's getting getting like the vikings 17 points per game that's what i want i just want 15 points or more that that's me everyone's different some guys say hey i want 25 
but not everyone can have the you know top defense. But Wagner's one of the most consistent defensive players. He's only had all or one game in single digits this last week. Every other game this year has been double digits, and that's a shock that against the Rams and the way they move that ball and a lot of movement, you thought Wagner – I thought Wagner was due for like a 15-tackle game. It just didn't happen. Maybe they stayed away from him knowing that. But that was his worst game of the season with eight points. But other than that, every game has been double digits. So let's get to Brian's bench. OBJ, he's struggling now, but he's still elite. Uh, I, it's going to be a matter of time before Maker, Baker Mayfield gets it going with him. I just got to believe that. Same with Jarvis Landry. We saw how good Landry can be when he gets involved in the offense. Right now, Eldell Beckham's 13 points per game. Landry's 14 points per game. Ouch. That's hurting. Uh, if, if OBJ was getting his 25 points per game, Brian would probably be 4-1 right now. on Johnson, excellent running back. Uh, that might have been one of the first players taken by Brian in the first round of our draft. He's ranked 26 right now, but don't let that fool you. That is because we had the bye week. He's averaging 13 points per game. A lot of running backs that didn't have a bye week, bye week yet who are getting 13 points per game are ranked higher than that. The only, the only issue is he's only had 20 points one time. You know, he's kind of in the boat like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's had two 20-point games, but not really. Other than that, he's been garbage, you know, and and not garbage. I don't want to say garbage. Um, you're, you're, you want some of these guys like Kerryon Johnson and Derrick Henry and uh, Damian Williams, these kind of running backs. You want 15 points per game, and then you want more games where they break 20, 21 points, 23 points, and then maybe next game they have 11. Then they come back out with 24 points. We haven't seen that. Gary Johnson's just had one 20-point game. And then Christian Kirk, one of my favorite young receivers. He was due. This is, I still think he's going to have a breakout year. Like I said, that was one of the receivers I had on my board to draft. And Brian took him right before I could. Excellent draft, Brian. Good timing. Uh, 14 points per game this year in that high-powered Cardinal offense that is doing everything but scoring touchdowns. They're getting receptions. They're getting yards. They're moving it. Kyler Murray's a top 10 uh fantasy quarterback in our league, yet he has hardly any touchdown passes. I'm just waiting for it to click. When they that offense goes, you're going to see Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, and Kyler Murray, and David Johnson all jump to, the, you know, probably top 15, if not top 10 in all their positions. They just got to get the touchdowns, and I believe that Arizona. So we look at Brian's team, you wonder, what could he do? Well, he can make trades. He's got so much weapons. He's the kind of guy, if you want to trade for running backs, you're looking at Kerryon Johnson. If you're thinking Miles Sanders... Somebody like that, go to Brian. He's got the receiving depth with Michael Thomas, Gallup, Landry, Odell Beckham. So if you're interested, go to him. Brian might come approach you. Uh, you know, trade deadline's coming up soon for us. We still got, you know, I think four weeks. But, yeah, Brian's team, it's hard to say what to fix. Uh, I don't think right now at this point he's on the level of Jacob because I think Jacob, with the Patriots' defense, it's so hard to make up. Now, if the Vikings go out and have a 30-point game, that will that it's still about a 19-point difference. But still, that's that's not like a home. That's not a runaway as Jacob has done with a lot of other guys, where he had 50 points and the other defense had 11. And it's like, oh my gosh, 40-point swing right there. So I think uh, as we get in the games of the week, we'll see what Brian can do. We'll talk about that. But looking at his team, I would rank him third or fourth. In the league, right? Me and him are right uh, neck and neck. We're near each other in scoring. Um, we both have. Uh, I have Barkley injured. He's got Beckham waiting to get uh, heated up. So we're both missing kind of a superstar from what we expected. Yeah, other than that, I like my quarterbacks more. But that's just I'm biased. I just like running quarterbacks. I love Kyler Murray and I like uh, Lamar Jackson, who, like I said, is up for trade. I'm not giving them away. I plan on using them again. But if anyone's interested, Lamar Jackson's up for trade. 
only for something good. But with that being said, yeah, I like Brian's team. I don't know much he could do to improve it, either if, other than if he traded maybe one of his depth receivers and a running back in a package to move up and get uh, Patrick Mahomes or an elite quarterback, or if he went out and traded one of his elite receivers like Beckham and got an elite running back to pair with Ingram. You know, maybe not elite, maybe great. So he'd have two running backs like Ingram, uh, you know, like a Chris Carson from Jose or something like that. Not that Jose's doing that, but those kind of things. That's what all I could think Brian's team could do. Other than that, I mean, he, he's solid. He's on his way for a, a, a league record seventh straight season in the playoffs, seven for seven. So that is Brian's team review, three and two in first place in his division. Now let's get to our game previews. We are starting with the first one, Austin and rolling with Mahomes. At 3-2 against Nick, A-team. Or no, I'm sorry, not Nick. Uh, Matt. Uh, what is Matt? Oh, yeah. Baker's Almost Dozen, who is and 2-3 right now. Matt just came off a tough loss. So let's get into the players and positions piece by piece. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes versus Garner Minshew. Okay. Patrick Mahomes. I, I got less than 30 minutes to talk about this, so I'm not going to get in-depth. I think Minshew, if he can go out and get his 16 to 20 points, Matt will be happy. But you don't want – I mean, Mahomes is due. I mean, it's after that last game against the Colts, the Texans are, are, are not solid defensively anymore. We'll see. I think the last time these two met, it was in Houston two years ago on a Sunday night game. And that's when I had Mahomes – or um, I had Watson, his rookie year, and Fuller. And I think they stacked for over 75 points for me that night. And uh, help me beat Elijah. But that's what, you know, is going to happen. You're going to see Mahomes go crazy because he's going to have to answer everything that the Texans do. So Matt's, Matt's only hope is that there's a lot of running back, a lot of uh, carries for the running backs that game. Or that Mahomes can't scramble enough with his foot. But I'm giving it to Mahomes. Up next is running backs. And Christian McCaffrey, best running back right now if the draft is redone. If you did a non-biased guy, not based on favorite player. If you just did it off of points and probably the rest of the season, I think Christian McCaffrey is the number one pick in the draft. And Connor, Connor's going to get a lot more touches against that. We saw what Philip Lindsay did last week to the, against the Chargers. Uh, I think Connor's going to do a lot of that as well. And with Samuel out, he's going to get majority of the touches against Gurley, who's hurt. You know, it might be Malcolm Brown show on Sunday. Gurley might not even play, so I don't know what. Matt's backup plan is, and he played Hilleman from the Giants tonight, who didn't do much of anything. I think he got three points, so you got to give the edge to the running backs, uh, heavily favored running backs. This, I think, is the biggest difference in the entire game. I, even the quarterbacks matchup, I think, is closer than this. This is uh, much easier in favor of Austin running backs, and that's key. I think whoever controls the running backs usually, usually comes out on top. Next up, I mean, just look at the stats, don't lie. Austin's team is 3-2, and two, and his two losses, the teams uh, scored uh, like over 180 and 200, and Jacob's 5-0, and oh, and he's got the two best running backs in our league active right now. So, yeah, that backs up my my what I'm saying about two top running backs. Now let's get to the wide receivers. This one is more of a, I want to say, I would say push had we not just seen this, the Thursday night game and what happened to Gordon, but with Gordon going down hurt, Evans is going to have to have another big game. And Evans is, is coming back. I mean, Evans, he's not down. He's not going to continue to be this bad. He's not going to get shut out like that. Last week was just a fluke. I would trade for Evans. Um, don't think I haven't tried. But Evans is awesome. I like Evans more than Tate. Cooper Cup is the number one receiver in fantasy football right now, tied. So it's hard to say he's not going to have the best game. But he's going against a very good Niners defense. 
no matter what the defense is, though, Cup will always get his because Goff just loves to go to Cooper Cup. He always has and always will. So I don't think Cup's going to get anything less than 15. And with the fact that Tate had 27, you're going to have to give the receiving edge to Austin as well. And finally, tight end, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham's going to win this one. We'll see. We'll see. Austin did pick up Gerald Everett. Austin does have Greg Olson in the early game in London. But I think Jimmy Graham is due to have a better matchup. He's been more consistent. He hasn't had any giant 20-point games back-to-back like Olsen did. But I like Graham more this week with the matchup. And the flex, it's got to be Fournette. Fournette wins that matchup as Matt has Vernon Davis. He, Vernon Davis could go off, though. He had a very good week one against Philly. And we saw what the uh, – he's going against Miami. So don't don't just give it to Fournette. But I still think Fournette, after back-to-back games, Fournette looks like he's finally getting in a groove. Very dangerous. Austin's team is favored by – uh, it's not a typo, 66 points. Ouch. That is going to hurt. Now, we saw Nick's team last week was the underdog, and he scored 200. Fantasy football, nothing is etched in stone. I would love nothing more than Matt's team to break 180 and try to get a win here, but I think he's going to have to break 180 to beat Austin's team unless you know there's just a, a lightning storm and half of Austin's players' game gets canceled. So that is it for Austin's game. Looks like he should win that. Might go to four and two. That remains to be seen. We'll see what Matt can do and try to string together. I think it's just unfair that he's got Gurley hurt. Uh, Hilleman didn't do much for the Giants, and Gordon got hurt. It's it's just too tough. You know, it'd be different if you had that and he had uh, Mahomes or if he had Christian McCaffrey, but he doesn't. Austin does, and that's why he's looking to go to four and two. Next game up, we got Dino Dan against Steve. And the experts have Steve favored by two, which means absolutely nothing. We know the experts, which is ESPN. Uh, we've seen them off. We've seen them wrong. Now, rarely do we see them off on a 66-point game like last game. But two points, this is a push. Anyone can win. Let's look at quarterbacks. Jimmy G going against Brady. Jimmy G in a, a, against a defense that two weeks ago we would have said, oh, Jimmy G ain't going to get much. Now, even when they scored a lot last week, Jimmy Garoppolo, did he break 15? I don't even know what his final was. I know at one point it was 13. He did not – he he looked like a quarterback that made the right choices, like Aaron Rodgers, but he's not – in a fantasy world, is not pulling out success. In real football, he is, and that's what really matters to the 49er fans. But in fantasy, it's not equaling uh, points. But Brady had 30, so that means Jimmy G's going to have to do something I don't think he's done all year. I don't believe he broke 30. I'm not going to go look by pulling it up because we got to go quick for these. Rapid fire. I'm giving it to Brady. Let's get to running backs. I think this is a wash. They both, Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, both of them are, Aaron Jones has outscored Chubb every game, or not every game, had the highest scoring performance last week against the Cowboys, and I think that's what the Packers are. Unless they play a high-power offense that gets it going before them. Remember, the Cowboys had the turnovers and self-destructed, then made the comeback while the Packers tried to run the ball out, or the clock out. If it's a back-and-forth, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams is going to get carries, which takes it away. But if Aaron Jones can get a lot of the action, or if they get a good enough lead, it'll hurt Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Jones, that's a whole different story. Nick Chubb, We've seen what Chubb can do. We saw what he did against Baltimore. I would put Chubb talent-wise in a top 10 running back. They just got to see what Cleveland can do. I think that, I believe they're playing the Seahawks. I could be wrong, but I thought they were playing Seattle, which is not what they used to be. You can run on them. I think the Browns would be wise to do that. Use Chubb, get him involved. And then Breida. I love Breida going against the Rams. Uh, with Coleman and Breida, the Niners have a great rushing attack, and we know that's what 
what Shanahan likes to do. So I expect plenty of that. I ex- expect plenty of running. Uh, so that's why it's a wash because I think Jones might have the best game out of all of them. But Brita and Chubb can combine for more points than both. And Chris Thompson, who knows? He's going against Miami. Is it going to be Adrian Peterson a bunch with the new head coach who wants to run the crap out of the ball? It could be, but I still think you've got to get Thompson. When Thompson gets involved, he can get mega points. The Redskins usually win, at least in the past before this season. Wide receivers, Galladay and Westbrook going against Julio Jones and Mike Williams. i got to give it to, based off, if you told me who's receivers, I would rather have Steve's. Julio Jones and Mike Mike Williams is is amazing, amazing talent. He just gets hurt. He just keeps getting hurt, and he's never 100%. But that being said, if he plays the whole game, I like Steve's. I think that'll be the edge, the one spot where Steve has a chance. Well, there's two spots technically, but that'll be one where he can really take advantage. At the same time, Galladay is a wide receiver. I think he's ranked in the top 15. So he's a wide receiver too, but he has elite talent. He's put up multiple 20-plus uh, point games. And then you've got Westbrook, who looked like he was a, a, a done for the season when Foles went down, but he's come back and been great. And I, the last few games, he's been really solid. So if Williams is not 100%, I got to say Westbrook will out-duel him. And then if Galladay can just stay within five points of Julio Jones – That'll, that'll go really well for Dino because I think he has an advantage in, in quarterback. And defense. Let's cover defenses. The Saints' defense. Let's see. Who has that? See, now i got to go back and look. I had everything marked up but that. Let's see. Who's got the defense? Let me find Dino Dan's game. Who has the Saints? Ah, Steve. Oh, yeah, and tight end. Tight end. Kittle, hands down. It's over. Kittle's got it. Now, Ellison for the Giants did have seven and a half points tonight. So, like I said, it's not elite, but what are you going to do? You know, Dino Dan went for whatever he can find. The Giants didn't have a lot. The Giants didn't have a lot of weapons, so you thought he would do good. He had three catches, 30 yards. Not bad. I think he probably had a tackle and assist. That's why he got half a point. But George Kittle is getting hot, and he destroyed the Rams last year in L.A. to end the season in a game that uh, – didn't mean something for the Rams. They were fighting to get home, home, home field. So I'm giving that to Kittle and Steve. I think they have the advantage there. In the end, if we go over the defense, I like the Saints more. The Packers, I don't know. The Packers, up till they played Philly, were you know a 20-plus point a game. And I, I had them, and I was excited. I'm like, man, I might keep these guys all year. And then Philly destroyed them. And it's just like, okay, Detroit has a good offense. Galladay's good. What's that mean? Are the Packers... The Packers going to go back. I mean, they usually do take care of Detroit and Green Bay. So I do like the Packers. I'm I'm more in limbo with the Packers, but I'm not going to be shocked if they get 25 points or do better than the Saints' defense against the Jags. So Jag- Saints have a tough matchup, even though their defense is better. Flex, it's anyone's game. Richardson or Metcalf, both of them. Richardson has a better matchup in Miami. Metcalf, tougher matchup against the – who are they playing? Why does it escape me right now? I knew who they, Oh, the Jags. I believe they're playing the... Oh, no, the Saints are playing the Jags. Forget it. Who cares? Let's move on to the next game. We're running out of time. So, yeah. Anyways, going for all those. Steve needs this win. He needs to get to 2-4. and four. Dino Dan wants to get to back to 500 at 3-3. Three and three. Looking at him, Steve's favored by 2. It's all going to come down to me. If, if everyone wins the position they're supposed to, I think it's pretty balanced. It's going to come down to what kind of game does Aaron Jones... Versus Nick Chubb and Breida have, and can Galladay outduel Julio Jones? 
If Galladay outduels Jones and Aaron Jones does enough, I think Dan, Dino Dan wins the game. But Steve's pushing for it. Needs to get his second win. Next game, we got Christian versus Eric. The Seagulls against Team Trash. Christian is 14-point favored. He's 1-4, while Eric is 2-3. and three. Eric looking to end that two-game losing streak. Let's hit up the quarterbacks. Right now you got Matt Ryan versus Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers against Detroit has put up great numbers throughout his entire career. But like we were talking about earlier with Aaron Jones, what am I to expect? I don't know what to expect with them. But Matt Ryan has a great match against the Cardinals. Great. I got to go, Matt Ryan. Next up, running backs. I got to pick up the pace, guys. We're getting low on time. Next up, Melvin Gordon and Carlos Hyde for Steve. Melvin Gordon, I'm still wondering, is this the game? I know he came first game suited up. Last week he played. He did not look well, but nobody did. He got most of the carries, though. Eckler only had three carries. So if Gordon can continue to get maybe double his carries last week, I think this will be a game against Pittsburgh. He can finally break a 20-point game, help Christian. Carlos Hyde, I do like. I do like his matchup against the Chiefs because the Chiefs can't stop the run. The Texans aren't great at running. They're better at passing. And if this becomes a shootout, they can't really run. But if they stay within 10 points throughout the game, you can see a lot of Carlos Hyde. So I do like that. Coleman, excellent game last week. Welcome back. And I think he's only going to be involved more for the 49ers. What Jordan Howard did get a touchdown last week, and I – He's got a real tough matchup against the Vikings this week. But if they get anywhere near the five, you know Jordan Howard's coming in, and he's a touchdown vulture, and that can really help Eric. So running backs, I'm going to say, even though hmm, I like Melvin Gordon more, if you told me who could I take, though, I might actually this week take Coleman and Howard because I just think Coleman will have a better game than all of them. I have to see it first from Gordon. I have to see it. Wide receivers, no contest. I know Hopkins has not had the best season other than week one. But he's still getting solid numbers, and we know what he can do. I think this is the game he gets right against the Chiefs. And welcome back, Tyreek Hill. Now, as of now, he's supposed to be back. We'll see if he does come back. If he does, Christian's going to have Gordon Hill and Hopkins back. Thank God. Let's see some fireworks going. Let's see some explosions for Christian. He's due. He got his first win last week. Low-scoring game. He wants to get a win really bad with you know a 160, a 180, heck, 200. I'll take his receivers over Juju and Robbie Anderson. Now, Juju has a tough matchup. Not only is his quarterback, hopefully it's a third-string guy because he actually started chucking a little more. Uh, he likes to throw the ball more than 20 yards. I like Juju. I think on primetime, again, the Steelers are in primetime, I think he might have a respectable game. But Robbie Anderson, don't just assume that oh, he's trash. This could be the game with Sam Darnold back that Robbie Anderson has been waiting for to break out and go do what he was drafted for. I, I like his game. I like Tyreek Hill the most if he comes back. Hopkins and Hill could could be enough to out. If Hopkins and Hill each put up 25, 30 points, that's going to be so much that Eric's going to need at least Robbie Ander, one of his other receivers to get 25. He can't have both of them get 12 or 15 because we don't know what to expect with Rodgers. We don't know is Howard going to get those goal line touchdowns. You know, there's still so many other things. And the Niners D, can the Niners D continue to put up massive points and help carry Eric to victories? And he's got Littleton for the Rams. Littleton, man, you need to get back to what you were last year. We're not seeing a lot of that. Vander Esch, if I had a choice between Littleton and Vander Esch, I'll go Littleton this week. Not because he's a Ram, but because I think the Niners run game, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to tackle. Cowboys defense over Niners. Niners have a much tougher matchup against the Rams. But the Rams have been turning it over. So the Rams can go out and score, but also turn it over, which would be 
gold for the 49ers. They'll strike Pater, get a lot of defensive touchdowns. We'll see. Cowboys, I like their matchup against the Jets. We'll see how Aaron Donald or uh, Sam Darnold does. If I had to take a defense this week, this is probably the only week that I would take the Cowboys. I would take the Cowboys over the, the Niners. The rest of the season, I would take the Niners, no matter what their matchups are. But it's just hard. It's hard. They're on the road. They could still uh, tight end. Got to give it to Eric Cook. Had a, had a touchdown, I think, last week. But Hooper, Hooper's been too good. I believe he's tight end one. He should be. Hooper has been amazing for the Falcons, and he's got the Cardinals. What is it I said? In almost every podcast, we talk about tight ends. Get the guy that plays the Cardinals. If you own a guy who's going to play Cardinals on the schedule, keep him. I got Disley. He already played Arizona once, and I get to. If I make the championship game, I get him again against Arizona, and oh, I'll be loving that. That'll be such a huge advantage. But Hooper should have. That could be something where if Hooper goes off for twenty-five or more can help make up the difference in with the Hopkins and Hill combo. So Christian's favored by fourteen. We'll see if it reaches that. If Christian picks up his second win, or Eric jumps back into three five hundred, like uh, we were talking about with Dino Dan at three and three, and his is ends his two game losing streak. On to Jose and Nick. Right now, Jose is favored by 16 over Nick. We saw that Nick was not heavily favored last week, and he still scored 200 points. Right now, quarterbacks, Nick's quarterback, uh, Allen, is on a bye. So I don't know who he's going to plug in at the last second. But whoever it is, it's not gonna, unless he has a dream game, it's not going to be better than Dak Prescott. Prescott going against the Jets on the road. Uh, we'll see if Zeke gets more of the carries or if he's going to get a lot of throwing. I like Pres- Prescott drastically more than anyone Nick's going to pick up. Running backs, Carson and Freeman, they both have excellent matchups. They're both going to get the ball. Freeman going against that bad Cardinal defense. I really do like both his running backs more than Michelle, who did have a good game, 12 points. And Damian Williams is supposed to be back in in charge. We'll see if he gets most of the touches. But right now, looking at the fact that Michelle only got 12 and I expected him to get 20, I do like Jose's running backs more. Wide receivers, Edelman, 25, great game. Tyler Boyd, and now I've put through in the flex for this one because that's that's Jose's three-headed monster. Lockett, Boyd, and, and, and Edelman. Boyd and the Bengals. Lockett and the Seahawks. I like Jose's receivers more. The, but, 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 I like Jose's receivers more, and I think they could put up pretty solid numbers. But I love Adam Thielen. I, uh, this matchup against the Eagles is prime. Ridley against the Cardinals is prime. And Le'Veon Bell gets his quarterback back. That's it. That's the game right there. Because the defense, you got Schobert and Bush. Two linebackers have been excellent this season. Both top guys. One was up for waiver wire award. And Bush, uh, also rookie of the year award, who won it. So so I like the. I think the defenses are a push. It's going to come down to that. I think the receivers will decide this game. Because Jose is better at quarterback and running back. But Damian Williams can still come out with a big game. It's going to come down to Edelman, who had 25 tonight. Boyd and Lockett against Thielen, Ridley, and Bell. Like I said, Jose's favored by 16. We'll see if that holds up and Jose can get his third win or Nick's coming up with his third win. Either way, I think Jose can afford to lose more. He's got a more talented team than Nick, in my opinion. I would rather, if I looked at both rosters, I would rather have Jose's roster. I think Jose can really make a push for the playoffs, even if he loses a game like this. But I think his this is one that uh, it's going to be decided by, I think, any other week I would pick Jose's team if you just looked at names. But Thielen, Ridley, and Bell all have great matchups. And they got his quarterback back. So that one I can't make a call. Can't make a call. Now let's get to our game of the week with only nine minutes left. And it is Jacob versus Brian. 5-0. and Jacob putting up a 5-0 and start. Undefeated against Brian. 3-2. Who would like nothing more to shut Jacob up. We got all the nonsense going on with the poor Dodgers. 
trash talking, and this is a chance for Brian to get a little, uh, let off some steam, take down and brag and say, hey, I'm the first one to beat Jacob. Heck, he might be the only one to beat Jacob this year. Game of the week by mile. Jacob is now favored by 28 points, but that's only after the Patriots put up 46 tonight. That's what they did, 46. Coming into this before the Patriots played, I remember looking, doing research, and Jacob was only favored, I think, by four. It was supposed to be a very close matchup. Quarterbacks, Watson and Wentz. We talked about how Wentz has a tough matchup this week against the Vikings. I don't love it. I think he, if he can get anywhere around 20, Jacob or Brian will be happy. Deshaun Watson at Kansas City. I told you last time these two teams faced up. Watson broke like 35 or 40 points. Will he get that? Maybe. He came off a 55-point performance last week, so it's very possible. Running backs, Alvin Kamara and Cook. The best combo running back in our league. Going against Ingram and Sanders. Remember, I would have to say, I, the reason I'm going to say it's 60-40 in favor of Jacob is because Kamara has a really tough matchup against the Jags. Sanders, a tough matchup against the Vikings. But Ingram and Cook both have prime matchups. Really good matchups. So if I looked at it right there, if it, Ingram could easily match if not outscore Cook. I think uh, Kamara will outscore Sanders. But Kamara's had two games in a row where he didn't break 20. So there's that's not a guarantee. So I'm going to have to say 60% in favor of Jacob on the running back. Wide receivers. This one, you got Michael Thomas. Tough tough matchup, but he's the one of the best in football. So even in a tough matchup, you expect him to go out there and perform. Gallup is on fire. I expect Gallup to have another 20-point game. If he does, that could help make up for any difference the running back combos might have with Kamara and Sanders. And then DJ Chark. Man, the guy that he's all over the fantasy world about how great he is and how he's a dangerous weapon and you know is he worth trading for Odell Beckham? You know all the trade talk and how great he's doing and he is and he is one of the top targets. Uh, excellent player, the Jags. He, Minshew loves going to him, and then he's got uh, Miko Hardman who's had several good games with the Chiefs and we said it's going to be a shootout. Now Hill is back, but Watkins most likely will be out. So now you're going to have Hardman on the other side of Hill. And if they take Hill away, Hardman's going to get it. So if I had to go receivers, I'm gonna, I would say Brian, I think, has the better matchups this week. And he's going to need his receivers to outscore drastically over Jacobs' wide receivers, which is possible. It is possible because the Saints have a really good team. We saw if they shut Mike Evans down. If they treat uh, Chark, DJ Chark just like they treated Evans, he might be held to two or three catches, if that. Tight end, Kelsey, he's got it beat. Uh, right now, it's he's got he's been good but not great, but I do expect him uh, to outduel T.J. Hawkinson on that Monday night game. We'll see if the game is close. If Brian's got a slight lead, we'll see T.J. Hawkinson might come down to de- decide this game on Monday night football. But I do I'm, I can't go away from Kelsey. Any matchup, unless it's just a and, and if it was Austin Hooper for Eric against Brian's Kelsey, I would take Hooper. That's the only guy I would take this week over Kelsey. Kelsey will always be the top receiver, just like. You're going to always take Christian McCaffrey regardless of the matchup. But I'm, I'm giving that to, to Jay, Brian. And the flex, hmm. He's got D, DJ Moore. Mm, yeah, I you know, I like DJ Moore's matchup. Carolina against Tampa Bay in London. Those have some crazy offenses in London. We saw that Raider game was crazy. So I like him a little more than Lindsey. Just in the fact that Lindsey has a tough game. He's at home, which, you know, we saw him have a great game against the Chargers last week, and he's at home. 
but it's against a Titans defense that is really good. They are really good at taking away the run. So Lindsey could outscore more, but if right now if you told me which one would I want as a flex, I would take more. And defense, we saw the Pats, they dominated, so that's heavily in favor. That could be the difference in this whole game right now. If the Vikings could come out and even if they give up some points to the Eagles, get some turnovers, get some sacks, a defensive touchdown, a, a kick return, something to where they break 30, that could keep Brian to where it's not going to be a 200 to 160 like Brian, happened to Brian last week. It could be a 200 to 190 or and then maybe Kelsey goes off. I mean, there's so many options. If I'm Jacob, I'm not feeling comfortable with a 46-point lead for my Patriots defense. I think Brian's team is too good. And this is a game I'm really going to be following and hoping to see. So that is it for our games of the week. And on one side note, I will talk about my game of interest. The only reason my game is interesting is because uh, it is against Elijah. And when I played Elijah last year, I lost to him. And that was the last time I've lost in fantasy football in our league. That goes back. I was 2-3. and three. I played Elijah and I lost. And I fell to 2-4. and four, And I've not lost since. So I went seven straight games to win to get to the nine wins in the season then I won the two in the playoffs that's nine and I've won every game this year which is five so I've actually won 14 straight games now the question comes does a streak count what's more impressive Dino Dan starting out 11 and 0 I'm still always going to give it to Dino Dan as the best start in league history unless Jacob or I break that I don't see that happening with I mean it's just too hard there's just too many guys when Nick goes drops 200 last week it's very hard to, to go undefeated anymore in our our league I've seen other leagues where they don't have keepers or they they don't run defensive players and they have kickers and they're, they're high, the scoring's not as high but with defensive players and the defense we have now it's we score a lot more than other leagues um, but what's more impressive winning 14 straight games uh, I really hope I win this one. Uh, it, regardless, win or lose this one, it's been a calendar year. It's been one whole year since I've lost a fantasy football game. So that's something that I do take pride in. Um, I, I don't know if anyone will ever be able to say that again. That's No one's ever gone that long without uh, beating or losing a game. So, yeah, the last time I lost was a year ago on this, on week six. So I've gone one year without losing. We'll see if Elijah, he's the last one to beat me, if he could keep that streak and go 2-0 uh, against me and end my winning streak, or if it'll continue for another week and I will win 15 straight games and go to 6-0 and this year. That's the only interest in the game for me. Uh, other than that, uh, Elijah doesn't listen to the show, and who cares about anything in my matchup. But that is our podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I This one, I tried to make it a little more professional Instead of sometimes I'll just scroll through the phone and do it, but it makes it hard when you're tired at night to see what you're reading. So I actually wrote it all out, planned it more, and broke everything down. I like doing it this more this way. It it sounds a little at least I'm able to talk more clear and stay focused on the subject at hand. But that is it. I will not have a podcast for Saturday because I've looked at it shows me based on days, and I I don't think anyone ever listens on Saturdays. So I will this will be the last podcast until Monday morning where we will, Monday morning, I will recap all the games. Actually, I don't recap the games. That we usually do on uh, Tuesday morning's podcast. Monday will be basically anything that crazy happened on Sunday's uh, games or anything that went down. Or we will talk about any games that might be affected on the Monday night game. So have a great Friday, you guys. Have a great weekend. And... Let me know. Text me. Are we doing the 49er Rams thing? I thought Dino Dan was going to barbecue and we were going to do it here. Let me know what you guys think if we're going to do that. I'm still down to do it. Now, I do have to work, so if we do do it, 
as soon as the game's over, I'm out of here, and everyone will have to bail out quick. But I am interested. Let me know. Hit me up with a text on Friday. If I don't hear from anyone, I'm going to start texting you guys. All right, so enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend, and let's enjoy some football. Get your rosters ready. Bye, guys.